Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. This is Chris Conti of the Catholic Review. With us today on Catholic Baltimore is John Smith, whose true life story is featured in the movie Breakthrough. John Smith uh, was born in Guatemala. He was adopted by Brian and Joyce Smith at five months of age, and he moved with them to St. Charles, Missouri, where he currently attends high school. When John isn't at school, he enjoys spending time with his parents, three brothers, and friends. Following high school, John plans to attend a local Christian university and train to become a pastor. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you for having me. Let's set the scene a little bit. You and your friends were playing on Lake St. Louis near your home, in 2015. The ice broke and you all fell in. Your friends were able to get out fairly quickly, but you were underneath the ice for 15 minutes with no oxygen. When the EMS workers rescued you, you had no pulse. They rushed you to the emergency room and worked on you for another 45 minutes, during which you still had no pulse. The doctors could not bring you back to life. When they brought your mom, Joyce, into the emergency room, she saw you laid out of the table dead. Instead of saying goodbye, she grabbed your feet and prayed, Holy Spirit, Please bring back my son right now. And the EKG machine began going off with your heartbeat. The doctor wrote in the medical record, patient dead, mother prayed, patient came back to life. Do you remember anything about the time when you were essentially dead? What do you remember about your recovery? You know, I get get that question a ton. You know, where did you see heaven? Did you see angels? Mm -hmm. Did you see Christ? Did you see the Golden Gates, the Pearly Roads? So on and so on and so on. And, you know, we really have prayed about that and really just sat down and kind of thought about those those questions, and we really believe the answer for two reasons. Um, I didn't see anything, um, and the first reason is because they prayed that I wouldn't remember anything because it's so traumatic. Um, the PTSD from the experience of the other two boys is just, it's horrific. Um, so that's the first reason. The second reason is is that if I would have seen heaven, if I would have seen Christ, if I would have seen all these different things, and the story would have been just about me. We've had those movies before where the experience is what the movie's based about, and that's about it. Breakthrough's about so much more. I, I really like to look at it as a pyramid. It starts at the top with with God raising me, you know, me waking up, you know, from me to my family, my family to the church, my church to the hospital, my hospital to the city, the city to the state, the state to the country, the country to the world. It was really just spreading and growing. And we really believe that it's about everybody's own experience with this story, everybody's own encounter with the story breakthrough, their own personal encounter with Christ through this story. And it's just amazing to see, you know, people from Germany, Switzerland, Finland, Denmark, encountering this story and coming back to Christ. We've heard so many personal testimonies of people being lost and coming back people having family members, and the story brought them back home. Just so many amazing stories of them returning to Christ. You talked a little bit about your friends having some PTSD. I mean, did they feel bad that, that, you, you know, that you nearly drowned, that they got out? I and mean, what, what was their struggle with that, and how have they come to grips with that? You know, we all struggle in our own ways. Um, you know, I can't speak for them, obviously, but I do know that we all handled it our own 
in our own different ways. Um, and to this day, you know, we just graduated high school and we're all going to college. You know, we will always be connected in that way because of what happened on January 19, 2015. Um, but we all, we're all splitting up to go our different ways. We still stay in contact. We still love each other. But we do realize that we're all going to handle things differently and just be different people after that day. Mm-hmm. The movie kind of makes it seem as though once you came out of it that your healing was quick and easy. Was it or, or were, was there a lot of struggle for you as, as you came to grips with all of that? Yes and no. Um, I was very grateful to be healthy. I'm very grateful to, you know, not have really any side effects. But, you know, the physical aspects were difficult. You know, I lost a lot of weight. I lost my muscle, my hand strength. Doing about 10 push-ups was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, writing my name was very difficult. But once I kind of got that in rhythm, once I started doing that more and more and more, it came back to me like nothing. And that summer I was back playing competitive basketball for my high school basketball team. That winter I was playing full contact, five on five, uh, representing my school. So you were able to get back to basketball, which was a, a, a love of your life, and, and you're still able to do that, right? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I still play one at a time. Unfortunately, I stepped down. You know, I wanted to represent Breakthrough the best that I can, and I coached for a while, but, you know, I still love the game, and I'm hopefully going to play intramural with some of my roommates when I get to college this fall. Cool. Uh, I mean, a lot of us have always imagined, boy, if a, if a movie was made in my life, who would I want to play me in that movie? What was it like to see Marcel Ruiz play you on the screen, and do you think he accurately portrayed who you are and what happened to you? Well, they did. They casted everybody before they casted uh, my mom and I. And we were really just kind of waiting. Curiosity was killing us. You know, who are they going to pick to play me and my mom? And they released them the same time. And it was a picture of the side-by-side. And we looked at it on our phones, and we just knew. I knew that Marcel was going to do an amazing job. I knew Marcel was going to care and genuinely portray me the best that he could. And when I saw the film for the first time, now keep in mind, he did not meet me until about a month in of shooting. So he had no idea who I was. I saw the film for the first time. I sat there and I watched it with Jason Noble, my mom and I, and Roxanne Dawson, the director. And I'm in tears because Marcel portrayed me exactly how I was. You know, I was going through so much my middle school years, feeling of abandonment, being a jerk because I just thought I was all that in basketball. You know, I was going through so much. That transformation between 8th grade and ninth grade year is so, so important, and I was just not handling it well. And so seeing Marcel, seeing him portray it so correctly, and the transformation with his mom. You know, I always loved my mom. I always cared about my mom, but me and my mom were having issues because of the adoption process. And I just, and it wasn't even because of my, my well, and, mom's and, fault. It was just I wasn't you- understanding yeah, and because you were going from eighth grade to ninth grade. I've had three kids, you know, grow up, and, and that's just a tough time for every kid and every parent. Uh, Chrissy Metz plays your mom, Joyce, in the movie. How how did she do on that, do you think? We were sitting in the living room, and they sent us the sizzle, which isn't the trailer, but it's a little mm-hmm. glimpse of, you know, what they're working on. And we were just sitting in there, and we were listening, and, and we're listening to the sizzle about we, – we, we have it on repeat – because we cannot remember when mom did this voiceover. Like, we just can't remember. And we're just sitting there, and finally we realize it's Chrissy Metz. Chrissy Metz got my mom down so perfectly on her voice and her body language. We had no words for it. And again, she didn't meet us until a month then either. So they did an amazing job. The casting was just perfect. We loved everybody. It was a huge family. 
we were just excited to see that it's finally at, coming out on DVD and so the world can take it home. Yeah. A little bit more serious part of this. You know, toward the end of the movie, there are some people who seem confused, upset, or angry that you were saved, but their loved ones weren't, or their loved ones are sick, or their loved ones have died. Do you think God only answers some prayers, or or how does that how does how does that work? I mean, how did how did you get saved and other people didn't? I truly believe that God answers every prayer, but He does not answer it. Sometimes the people want that the people want him to. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that. I truly believe we can ask God for one specific route, one specific way, like it's our way or the highway. But God will say, no, my way is better, and watch. We may not understand it. We, may, we will never understand God because he's such a higher power. But he answers prayer just not the way we want him to. And that's what I believe with me is I, I, am, I don't know why he chose me. I, I simply don't. I have no idea. I'm just a kid from St. Charles, Missouri that loves basketball and is about 5'4 out of 3 billion people in this world. And I don't know why he let some people die. I just watched one of my, this uh, dear friend of our families who has watched me grow up, was there at the airport when I arrived to America. He died from cancer. And I, and I, and I sat in the front row at his funeral and I just mourned because I love this man. I don't know, but I do know is that God has him in a better place, and he's celebrating with God right now. The question we may never know, and yeah. you know, the best thing I can do for me personally is keep serving him and keep striving for him and do the best I can doing that. Yeah, and sometimes the best prayer is just to say to God, show me my path, show me, show me what you have in store for me, and leave it, to his, uh, leave, leave it up to him. Yes. Right. Well, after the break, we're going to talk some more with John Smith, whose true story of what can only be called a miracle is featured in the movie Breakthrough. This is Chris Gunty, and you're listening to Catholic Baltimore. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Pope Francis named Bishop Mark E. Brennan as Bishop of the Diocese of Wheeling Charleston, which encompasses the state of West Virginia. The July 23rd announcement was publicized in Washington, D.C. by Archbishop Christophe Pierre, Apostolic Nuncio to the United States. Bishop Brennan, 72, had been a priest of the Archdiocese of Washington until his appointment in December of 2016 as an Auxiliary Bishop of Baltimore. He was ordained as Bishop January 19, 2017 at the Cathedral of Mary Our Queen in Baltimore. He will become the Bishop of the Diocese, which had been the Diocese of Wheeling, from its founding in 1850 until 1962, when it became the Diocese of Wheeling, Charleston. Baltimore Archbishop William E. Laurie, who has been the Apostolic Administrator of the Diocese of Wheeling, Charleston since September 2018, praised the appointment. Bishop Brennan succeeds Bishop Michael J. Bransfield, who stepped down a year ago amid allegations of sexual and financial misconduct. Archbishop Laurie led an investigation into those allegations. The Diocese of Wheeling Charleston announced July 19th sanctions from the Vatican, including taking away the faculties of celebrating Mass against Bishop Bransfield. At the announcement of his appointment to West Virginia, Bishop Brennan said he was grateful to Pope Francis for his confidence in him to lead the Catholic faithful in West Virginia in what he called a spirit of true Christian service. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. A few hundred Catholic activists gathered at the foot of the U.S. Capitol July 18th, 
urging politicians to stop its inhumane treatment of immigrant children at the border and reminding people of faith to take a stronger stand against current U.S. border policies. At the gathering, Sister Carol Zinn, a Sister of St. Joseph of Philadelphia and Executive Director of the Leadership Conference of Women Religious, said, The gospel commands and the values of our homeland demand that we act. For more on this and other stories, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm Kevin Parks. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android. And follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. We're back on Catholic Baltimore talking with John Smith, whose true story of being brought back from the brink of death is featured in the movie Breakthrough. I realize you haven't gone to college yet to study theology, but do you have answers for people about why bad things happen to some people and good things happen to some people? I mean, that's a mystery we all struggle with, I, I think. I mean, yeah, of course. I truly believe it's, it's we're in a fallen world, and I truly believe that we sometimes blame the wrong person. I, I believe if you do good, the devil just hates that. I believe that spiritual warfare is still alive, and it's, it's still a war we fight to this day as Christians. And when you do something well for the Lord, the devil hates it. And when the devil hates it, he's going to throw the kitchen sink at you, your family, whoever's connected to what you're doing. And I truly believe that when we do something well, we have a tendency to blame God. Well, hey, God, I'm doing this for you. Why are you letting this happen when it's Satan throwing the kitchen sink at you? And I truly mm-hmm. believe that we kind of get that misinterpretation in between the battle. Um, I truly believe that's a source, um, that this world is so easy to whine about certain things that we forget, you know, why we're doing certain things. But uh, I got, like I said, God is still a, a big question mark 
but our job mm-hmm. is just to simply to keep worshiping him and loving him and keep seeking him. You're obviously a big fan of basketball. That came through very clearly in your story. Stephen Curry of the Golden State Warriors seems to be one of your heroes. Uh, he was also one of the executive producers at Breakthrough. Did you get a chance to meet him and any idea why he took on this project? I did, and I I hate to say this, but his, him coming on board, and I'm not the big Stephen Curry fan. I have to give all credit to Marcelo Louise. Marcelo Louise uh, lives in Los Angeles and is a huge Golden State Warriors fan. Like he is, he would be on set and he would shoot half cart shots and post it on his Instagram page and then tag Stephen Curry. So okay. when Devon got when Devon the producer got word of that, he went to Stephen Curry and um, we got him on board. He was amazing. Yes, I did get a chance to meet him. He's an awesome dude. Super super humble guy. Uh, I mean, just a genuine loving caring guy, and it was just an awesome time. Other than stay off the ice, what advice do you have for kids like yourself who are struggling with questions of your own identity, who you are, what your place is in the world? What do you have to say to kids your age? That's a very uh, hard topic and a very common topic is, you know, your identity. You know, why am I here? And, you know, I went through it and I didn't find my answer for 17 years. And, you know, I wish I would have found it sooner. But, you know, the one advice I give to the kids that I get to speak to at youth conventions and so on is that even though you're going through it and you're going to bottle it up, because that's what I did, and a lot of people tend to bottle things up, don't stop loving your family. Don't stop telling your mom and dad you love them. Don't stop telling your sisters and brothers you love them. Don't stop caring for them. Because when you find your identity and you treated them horribly they're not going to know what to do but if you keep loving them through it they're going to love you through what you're going through even if you won't tell them you know we're not promised tomorrow uh, obviously mm-hmm. with this story i'm not pro- i'm not even promised tomorrow to your parents tell them you love them show the people you care about that you love them because every night i go into my mom's living room she's sitting on the couch and she gives me a kiss on her cheek and i tell her good night every time my dad goes to bed he pops in my door and says good night you know, it's just the little things, letting them, you know, that you care and that you love them. And I think that's just so important. It's something that we forget in today's world with our cell phones and with technology is that we forget to genuinely tell people I love them verbally, not over text, just verbally. Uh, so I, I take it that you have improved your relationship with your with your parents over time um, and that that's been able, you've been able to, to hold that connection together for a while. Yes, I mean, we, we've really never had really any issues, you know. I just mm-hmm. kind of, like I said, I bottled up, you know, my adoption process. My mom knew, but she really wouldn't confront me. But And she was very patient. She loved me no matter what, and I loved her no matter what. We've always been close, me and my three parents. Um, my dad always played basketball with me and took me to baseball games because he worked for the St. Louis Cardinals, and my mom always cooked for me, and we always had a good time joking around and having fun. My friends used to make fun of me and ask me, you know, why do you tell your brother because my brother's about 46. There's a huge age gap between us. Mm-hmm. And I'd be on the phone with him to this day, and I'm 19, and I'd be on the phone in the car, and I'd have five friends in the car, and I'd still say, I love you to Charles. And they'd go, why do you do that? And I said, you're going to regret if you don't get to tell your brother if you don't love them and something happened to them tomorrow. You know, it's just little things that I can share with my friends and just the importance of the simple three letters, uh, three words, I love you. Yeah, that's a great witness. There's a scene in the movie, and, and it and I and I don't want to give too much away, but but toward the end, where you and uh, 
you know, the people playing you and your family are kind of giving witness to the testimony of all the great stuff that's happened. And they asked the people who helped out from the first responders to the hospital personnel to all the people in the community who kind of uh, were a part of, of that healing to stand up. And there's just this great visual of how big a community came into play in your healing. What role did they play in, in all that? You know, everybody played a role. I mean, honestly, from, like I said, that pyramid from the church to the doctors to the city, it it went everywhere. And, you know, the power of prayer is so strong, and I believe it's still one of the strongest weapons. It is the strongest weapon we can have today. And and that's just what those people did, is that it was sitting in their living rooms, going to church, you know, in their cars, praying for me. You know, the, the power of Technology can be beneficial if it's used for the right reasons. I truly believe that. And that's what we used Facebook for, is that we would put out a prayer request on a church's feed or on our own personal feed, and it would go across the world. Asking for specific prayers, there was one night that the nurses and doctors were about to come in and do something to me, and there were about three to four pastors, and they were getting ready to leave. And the nurses literally said, no, 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 you stay here. What you're doing is working better than what we're doing. So prayer is so powerful, and that's what all those people did is that they prayed for me. They loved for me. My school supported me. My church supported me. The community supported me. And that scene is so iconic because it's all true. You know, it wasn't just put in there because it was a movie. All those people genuinely had their hand in Breakthrough and had their power of prayer shown in the story of Breakthrough. Yeah, and these days I'm on a couple of different email prayer lists. You know, so that, you know, they'll say, hey, if you have any prayer requests, let us know. Um, and when I get those emails in the morning, I'll just, I'll take a minute and I'll just say, you know, I won't maybe necessarily go through the whole list of all the names, but I'll say, Lord, all these people are asking for your help. Hold them in your arms. And I think that's an example of how the, the technology can help us because these people who are asking me to pray for them are all over the country and all over the world maybe. So it sounds like that's part of your experience as well. Yes. Yeah. So I understand you and you and your actual family were part of that scene in the church. Where, uh, what was that like to be there and, and kind of reenact that, relive that? Yes, uh, it was our final day of shooting. Uh, we had a, it was a press junket, and we had so many interviews that day. The cast did so many interviews while the cast was shooting. We had interviews while we were trying to sit in and watch them shoot. It, it was just an insane day. And we're getting ready to leave because I have to come back home for school and stuff. And I have mom has stuff to do and everyone has stuff to do. But we go. We want to say goodbye to Roxanne Dawson and Devon Franklin. Mm-hmm. Well, we go in and we say goodbye to Devon. And, well, we Devon, of course, wants to say goodbye to Roxanne. So Roxanne comes back and, well, they're like, why don't we take them out front and let them meet everybody? Well, no one knew we were there. No one knew we were the original people. Me. And so me, myself, and Jason, we were all there. Um, so we're running. We They take us out, and they take the mic. And keep in mind, we can't be seen with the people that are play us yet. We can't be seen with them yet because one of the programs is doing it exclusive, so we can't be seen with them yet. Mm-hmm. So they take 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 the actors back, and we switch spots, and Roxanne Dawson, and we we go out on stage, and I can't explain the feeling other than the Holy Spirit was in that room, and you know you could feel the presence of God, and 
the round of applause, it was just a feeling of this is actually becoming real. This testimony of God's story is coming to the big screen. And we're all crying, and there are tears everywhere. And here you see Chrissy Metz and all the actors come back out with their phones taking pictures of us. And it was just a sign to us that God is going to make this story work no matter how much the devil doesn't want it, no matter how much personal friends of us don't want it. God is still on the throne, and it's still the higher power. That's great. Thanks so much for being with us. We've been talking with John Smith about his real-life experience that inspired the movie Breakthrough. The movie is now out on DVD and on demand on certain platforms. For more information, visit the web at BreakthroughMovie.com. Thanks so much for being with us today, John. Thank you. This is Christopher Gundy of the Catholic Review, and you're listening to Catholic Baltimore. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks, and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.